Welcome to Toffee Blue View, your source for all things Everton. I'm Jerry. I'm joined by uh, David and Max, as I always am. Uh, David, have you watched The Big Lebowski yet? No. Uh, I have, but you know what? I've got spare time tonight. We're doing shows of videos. I think I might put it on tonight. You Genuinely. like You like how yeah. I didn't I didn't tell you I was going to ask you that and I just popped yeah. it at the beginning, right? <laughs> Completely shafted me live on television. <laughs> uh, let's just say I wasn't the one who came up with that question. Somebody else suggested that I ask you. Oh, That's what what's I'm going saying. on? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, in this little circle, <laughs> it's it's uh, it's actually it's not like it's a random. It's somebody you know. So that's what I'll say. Uh, <laughs> no, a total stranger. Some one of our Turkish fans sent me a message. <laughs> <laughs> Please ask David if he's watched Big Lebowski yet. G- Tosun Pasha, yes. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so uh, we're we're doing a short session, short recording session for uh, for everybody who's out there, uh, podcast people. Uh, and you can probably tell because we're so we're more jovial than normal. It's because we realize we may be able to have a rest of our day now. Uh, it's different and crazy, and we haven't and we haven't got to go over the defeat as well, which is what so, normally oh, happens. That's so nice to not sit here and and have to uh, worry about what went wrong and whose fault it is and nice what we should do it. next time. Ugh. Um, podcast people, I know you're out there. This is what you got going on for this particular episode. We're going to start with a preview of the Palace match this Saturday. Will I get to watch it? I don't know. Because my son has an indoor game at the same time. Yeah. I feel like we're going to win. I feel like, you know, my t- my kid's team's going to win. But, yeah. I, you know, that went... I'm to say what we we talk. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And then, uh, we'll, we'll find out whether or not I feel like we're going to win the Palace game. No spoilers. Uh, so, yeah, Palace preview incoming. Uh, then we'll go over uh, Funes Mori. We're going to talk about Funes Mori, the the barbecuing Argentinian. The guy barbecues more than anybody I've ever seen in my life. You see in all the food, you know what I mean? Like you see on all the food shows that, that Argentinians are very devoted to their barbecue, but you think, oh, that's just a rumor. And then you see him making video of it all the time. You're like, okay, well. Uh, so and lastly. Uh, we're going to take a, another another break from the football, and we're going to talk about what music we're listening to these days. All right? Um, yeah, could be an album, just could be an artist, could be uh, several artists. What, what are you listening to? Right, this should be interesting. Uh, usually we do TV or film, but let's see what the guys think. All right? So, Palace Preview. In a little while, I'm going to hand this off to Max because he just did an interview with uh, Terrence of Holmesdale Radio, that's uh, we, we we tend to interact with them before Palace matches. They're they're great guys. They do a great pod. Um, so he's kind of the expert now uh, on Palace. But I I got some stats. I'm gonna read them off really quick. Um, Palace are currently 14th with 27 points. Uh, so they're four off of us actually. Uh, that's funny. 14th and and you know where we are, four points. But. <laughs> The, when you're not top six, the whole rest of it is just insane this, this season. Crazy. 
crazy relegation situation. Oh my gosh! Uh, so they're six, nine, and eleven. Recently, they uh, they drew with Newcastle one to one. They drew with West Ham one one, and they lost to Arsenal four to one. We we did we did five. You guys can't. We let them have five. You guys can't do it right. If you can't get beat, get beat. You know what I mean. <laughs> Let's do it well, guys. Uh, so um, injuries. Zaha, Loftus-Cheek, Baroni are kind of, I'd say, the really big impact ones. Um, never, I'm never a big fan of saying, oh, thank goodness he's injured. You know what I mean? Because that's just, that's bad karma, bad juju, and it's just mean. Uh, but Zaha is, you. you know, <laughs> but Zaha is great, all right? And and he, I mean, he, I mean he's he's turned the corner of his, as a player over the past couple seasons. He's dangerous. Um, and there is a little relief to not have to play him. You know, I, I, I'd, I'd be lying if I said that. But we hope he gets well soon. Apparently it's not as bad as they thought. It's only about a month. So so that's mm. good. Um, Loftus-Cheek is another good player, though. Oh, my gosh. And Speroni is kind of their, their uh, big rock in the locker room. So, yeah, they're missing some people. Um, Max, do you want to get... You're talking about them next, or I mean, I've got a possible lineup, but you may know some other stuff. Um, well, when it when it did speak to Terence, really, the one of the main talking points was Wilfred Zaha. You know, uh, as you said, he was a he's a very influ- influential player in terms of how Palace get the ball forward. You know, he provides a lot of width and he can cause a lot of damage. And I think he's been their most influential player in terms of goals this season as well. So um, for him to which it was a strange scenario now how he was even injured as well. He he kind of picked up a knock in that last game against Newcastle and he played them for the rest yeah. of the game. And um, whether that aggravated the injury or not, we don't know. But um, as you say, it looked like he's out for a month, which it, it benefits Everton coming into into this game because you know me and Terence talked about you know in past seasons, particularly they got three two back to back wins uh, at Goodison um, where. Zaha and Balassi pretty much ripped us to threads uh, from out wide. So he, something that particularly that kind of intrigued me, what Terence said, is Roy Hodgson's going to be dealing with scraps of a team because their injury list is so yeah. prominent. You know, Scott Dan is also another name. Oh, that, yeah. That's got, um, so, uh, so kind of what, what I took from that was he said, you know, their key... The key way of getting forwards, obviously, is to exploit the exploit the out wide and uh, and try and get in behind fullbacks. But with with the likes of Zaha and Sacco being injured, um, you know, the talk James McArthur might be ha- having to play out wide, so that can only ben- benefit Everton in, in that pl- players will be playing out of position and might not know, not, might not be as, as as damaging as you know, say like the Bakary Sacco or or Wilfred Zaha. Um, but from my own perspective, I, I I always see a Crystal Palace match as a potential banana skin, really, because I've always mm-hmm. thought whenever can come up against Crystal Palace, they're really well organised, they're hard to break down, and they're hard to get in behind. So I think it it, it I don't think it's going to be a game that's easy on the eye, yeah. but I think it's going to be a vital three points because, as you say, they're they're only um, four off us. Mm-hmm. And they're fourteenth, and they 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 really are considered potential relegation candidates. So, I think you know it, it is a really important game. 
David, uh, how are you feeling beforehand without without tipping your lineup or your prediction? Um, <laughs> leave me out of that hole, why don't you? Uh, I kind of agree with Max, really. Um, I think this this one um, isn't as straightforward as we, we might think. It's not that we're in particularly any great form, but I think most people going the game tomorrow will fancy it and Everton win. But, you know, I was having a look at the, the records between the two sides, especially Goodison, and we haven't won this. I mean, we haven't beat them since 2005 at Goodison. Um, Been a couple draws. Uh, Max talked about those 3-2 defeats, uh, two consecutively. Um, I just... The, I, I, no one can explain why, but the Premier League and football in general just kind of throws up these fixtures where you just can't seem to win. Um, I think that Palace at home's kind of becoming one for us. So I think it could be a difficult game. Um, uh, I think the, the bonus is what we just talked about, they're missing key players, which could play, play in our favour. I think uh, there won't be as much pressure on Palace to get results as there will be for us to get results. Um, so, you know, maybe Hodgson plays by this Aldi's tactic of kind of, you know, a game that they're prepared to lose. I don't think they'll play like that. I think they'll be desperate for the win. But, um, yeah, I just think it's going to be a little bit a little bit more difficult than maybe what people are expecting, even with, even with the players out. Um, so we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. Uh, if we don't see a strong performance from, from our squad, I'm going to be pissed because mm. uh, of the way he approached the last match. Um, the way he, you know, did not play our starters. You know what I mean? He, didn't, he did not play. He did not put an 11 on the field to win that. He put an 11 on the field to maybe get a draw, but probably lose. And, mm. and the fact that he's been sort of saving it up for this next game, um, it better be great. We better look good. Uh, you know? Uh- we we need yeah as you say there you know we need to look good but you know Crystal Palace have got Spurs Man U and Chelsea coming up in in, in the next few games and uh, you know if they're looking forward this is a, a winnable game for them mm-hmm. yeah, we're, yeah. Gonna, we're gonna be low on confidence and you know I, I did I watched the game against Newcastle and uh, you know I, I'm not one for the expected goals stat but it was considerably high you know they missed a numerous of like a number of very important chances they either put wide or put over the bar and they're, they're, I know I know you said earlier Jerry you know they, they they'll be disappointed by that but obviously they, they they've got to be some form of confidence that, that that's grown from that because they're they're gonna gonna be coming up and Everton, coming up against an Everton side that you know we don't seem to be creative we don't see none of the players really seem to be on the same wavelength I do think it's quite ironic that. As a result of Aldice's own tactics last week, he has almost uh, like um, put this pressure on this game a lot more pressure than maybe he would have had if he was capable of putting a team who could put in a performance at Arsenal. Because now he's rested so many and you know made so many changes with this game in mind. Now this for him is a must-win. Um, I said, I just think it's going to be a, a real tough game. Um, I'm not. I, I think Everton have got to firstly make sure they don't lose the game because that could be a disaster if we go ahead and get beaten that game. Um, but you know, as I said, I, I don't know why. 
I think I, maybe it's just a reset of looking into the fixture. I'm just really apprehensive about this one. It, I think I'm actually a little more positive than you guys about this upcoming uh, game. Um, I don't know. I I shouldn't be after sat after this past weekend. I shouldn't be, but I feel better mm-hmm. about it. Um, their their possible lineup just to kind of go into that. Uh, they're starting Hennessy because Peroni's out. Um, Fasu Mensa, Tompkins, Sacco, and Van Anholt uh, is who they're. Is, that's their defense. Then Townsend, Kabai. Uh, Riedewald, uh, Milivojevic, and MacArthur probably, as you said. MacArthur may be playing on the wing. That's mm-hmm. about like Sigurdsson playing on the wing, except less uh, dead ball threat. You know what I mean? So, And then Benteke probably starting uh, as well at striker. Uh, that's a team that's missing some people. Uh, so I don't know. And I feel like if we play, if he plays a similar lineup to, to the Leicester game, I don't know. I feel better. I feel mm. like that is our actual team right now. You know, that shit we did against Arsenal, I do not think that's indicative of, of our best side yeah. right now. So I'm, I don't know. I'm a little bit more optimistic about, mm. about Saturday. Um, what are our lineups, speaking of which? That's a little segue. See how I did that? Did you even mean to? Mm. Who wants to start? Max, Candice, because I haven't wrote mine down. But as you, as you say, Jerry, uh, that that Leicester lineup really um, probably token in for the ass. But um, yeah, I think that's where the team seems to be most fluid, really, and, and more structured. I, I hope Seamus Coleman's really recovered from being sick. But um, yeah. it seemed it, there. It seemed like you know we have players in positions where they were comfortable, you know, the, it wasn't some batshit crazy formation like we saw against Arsenal, yeah. you know, we, we moved the ball around well and the team looked like they had quite a bit of confidence, um, again, a bit, a bit unsure on Nias and whether Nias should start and again, I agree with points that we've made several times that he's a better impact player coming off the bench rather than starting. Mm. Yeah, I agree, I think um, just... Just re- refer to my notepad, guys. <laughs> uh, I think, yeah, Pickford, uh, Coleman, hopefully, Jaggy Elke, um, Keane, reluctantly. Mm. Um, then, yeah, I'd put, um, I'd put Mangala back in, uh, like, at left-back. Um, I, don't, I don't think he had the greatest game, but equally, we can't be contradictive. We said we're not going to judge him on just one performance, so let's give him another go. Um Gay Davies definitely proved on that second half at Arsenal that he should be starting. He said it himself in the press this week. I agree. Uh, Walcott, Rooney, Sigurdsson, Tosin as opposed to Nias. Um I think if you want one coming off the bench, you'd rather Nias than Tosin. Um And we've spent a lot of money on the guy, so let's just let's start him and give him a, give him a few few games. You know, he started all right against Spurs, but. I mean that was just another woeful away performance against a big side. So let's see, let's see who he's like back Goodison uh, against a, a team that we're hoping to beat and go from there. Um, a lot of similarities with you guys, obviously. Um, Pickford, Coleman, those two pick themselves if Coleman's healthy. You know what I mean? Um, uh, I think he'll go with Martina again at left back. Um, I'd be really curious if he does play Mangala at left back though. Uh, mm. I wasn't 
I, I heard that he was maybe brought in to play a little left back, David. Uh, mm. I just I wasn't sure. I, I saw him get forward though in that last game, yeah. so I don't think it's a ridiculous proposition. I'd be curious. I, I just yeah, in terms of that, I just feel like he did kind of have someone in mind who could be versatile and maybe move over to that left back position. Um, yeah, um, that was the exp- I, I I do have Mangala in, but I've got him in at center back with Holgate. Mm. Um, mm. I I don't know. I feel like he he's going to play somebody who's good in the air because Benteke is probably going to start, and we need mm. somebody to kind of match up with that somehow. Uh, and Holgate's not that, but I think Mangala would be better in the air than Keane. Keane mm. lately, I think after after watching Ndidi go up over him for that header against Leicester, I don't have as much faith in in Keane's aerial ability as I as I should. I feel like Mangala's probably a little bit better. Um, uh, I don't know. I, the fact that he sat Jags as well though was making me wonder if it's going to be Holgate and, and Jags. Um, mm. But uh, I don't know. I. I I think Holgate will get in, and I think Sam's going to want to play Mangala again because he didn't really get given a, a really genuine chance in the last mm-hmm. one. thought he was done unfairly, so maybe, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if Big Sam feels that way, but whatever. <laughs> He's just like, fuck it, I, I, I did all the right stuff. You were wrong. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Everyone else is fault for this. Yeah. Oh. Uh, um, Gay and Davies, just like you guys were saying, Rooney also in the center. Uh, Sigurdsson, Walcott, just like what you guys are saying. And I heard Sam in an interview, I don't know if it was yesterday or today, I don't remember when it was, but he was saying he's going to slowly bring along Tosin, and by the end of the season, he'll be starting. Okay? I don't know if that was an older interview, but somebody quoted it today in a story. And yeah. that's why I was wor- I, I was thinking he might, because Nias hasn't scored in a, in a game or two, that he would bring Tosin in and give him a shot. But after hearing that, if it's recent, then I think he'll probably go with either Nias or DCL. Um, so I want Tosin to start. I want to make it clear. That's who I would start in this game. But yeah. it wouldn't surprise me if he gives, gives Nias another shot. He hit the post second half. I don't know. He's getting some chances. Nope. Yeah, the problem is I just feel like neither of them really a a lone striker. I, I don't feel like they, they kind of fit it, that role. So I feel like <laughs> Tosin's more the target man, maybe traditionally. Definitely. I totally whereas agree. <laughs> yeah, whereas is probably the runner who isn't really a target man, um, and then Calvert Lewin's neither of them either. So it just feels like we've got these three striking options and none of them are kind of what we need. The, uh, the irony is that DCL could play really well with either one of those guys up top. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. It, I, I feel like the game screaming out for 4-4-2s again, but it feels like we've progressed past it now. Yeah, mm-hmm. or, or it's just not being considered at all, period. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, so I'm, I think he'll go with Nias. I mean, although DCL, here's the reason I thought about DCL. DCL played great last game. But he was playing on the wing. And I think, I don't know, I, I got a vibe that if, if Sam wants to take Walcott out, he'll put DCL on the wing again. Mm. Which is, mm. I mean, I know he's got speed, but are we really, I mean, don't we have other wingers? Yeah. 
I mean, I know we're a little light with no Lookman, but... I was going to say, it looks like Vlasic just fell off the face of the earth again, hasn't he? Yeah. Because uh, yep. he's going to cost 30 million. Yeah. I don't know Vlasic, what... Uh, this this kind of class and hope that's just dying to death, isn't he? He's not even getting a sniff again. So, yeah, he's he's just been think... he's been given some opportunities, and I think Sam likes him, sees more in him than Clausen. Mm-hmm. I think he's more physically ready for this league. I just think his defensive uh, mindset needs a little tweaking. He tends to let runners go behind him often in ball watch, so that's the only reason I can imagine Vlasic not getting any time. Do you think any of these players have knocked on his door and said, can I play this weekend? Can, can you give me a shot? Because I feel like the impression you get is if they, if they haven't, but surely at this stage they've got nothing to lose and mm. you don't need to go in there with the attitude of kind of like a troublemaker, play me or else. No, not that, but I'll just go there and say, give me a shot and I'll show you what I can do. See, I, think know, that, I was just going to say, I think that's what the, um, the squad really does need, particularly, yeah. you know, Coming coming off a loss like that that loss at Arsenal, you know they need someone that'll that'll you know take on some responsibility and say you know I I I want to grab the game by the scruff of the neck. Yeah, and I'll, I'll show them. Go. Yeah, I'll get out there. We thought we saw that in Theo Walcott against mm-hmm. Leicester. And, you know you want to see similar performances to to that from the likes of Vlasic. You know from the likes of Balassi, um, which it wouldn't surprise me if he ended up playing a, a cameo. Mm-hmm. Particularly against his old team, but uh, yeah, I, I completely agree, and I, I feel like the squad needs it. Yeah. See, I remember I was I, I was not a really great student throughout like high school uh, in the beginning of, uh, of university, but when I went back, I was an adult. You know, went back to school as an adult, yeah. and I remember there was one class where I did all the reading. I was totally prepared for an exam, and then when I took the exam, I ended up getting a B. And that's not the best grade you can get. And so I went to the teacher and I was like, or the professor, and I was like, look, I know this material. I did the work. What do I need to do in order to get an A? Because I don't understand why I didn't get it. Because my all right here, everything I've got in my paper is exactly what you want. So what, Mm. what do you think? What will push me through? And he told me some very basic, small tweaks about my, my structure of my paper that and it was the stupidest little hair splitting bullshit you could think of. I did it on every paper throughout, even if I didn't know as much. I always got an A. Yeah, he was he valued the structure more than the content. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I just I don't feel like Sam has that kind of diplomacy about him. Almost, I don't feel like. <laughs> you know, I think he's just got this mindset that the players that are at the club aren't enough to get done what he wants to get done. Really? Yeah, do the dirty job. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I just said, uh, again, I think it comes full circle to the point that David's made several times that this club is just way too big for him. And that there's, there's several players there that are uh, more than several. I think the majority of players are kind of on different wavelengths and we're, we're still trying to see them gel as a team. Mm-hmm. But when we need a manager that can work with that and, and help them get on the same wavelength, and it's. As, as you as you as you say there, just to to reply to your point there, Jerry, I just don't feel like Sam's that manager. Yeah, and I don't know if he would listen. You know, like if if he were my manager and if I was Vlasic or Klaassen, I would go to go to him and say, "Look, I'm not demanding to play. I want to know what I need to do in order to play. Yeah, in order to get yeah. a sniff. What do? Because it's obviously it's on me. I would take responsibility and say, yeah. "Look, what do I need to do? Would Sam say nothing? 
You're just not ready. Yeah. Would he? Would he yeah. be forthcoming? And I, I, I think yeah, again, it, 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 this comes down to you know uh, all the the selections and the the players that he's left out that a lot of Evertonians feel like he should have put in. But I feel like just the, the sole instruction to keep Everton up that is yep. that's given give Sam permission almost to yeah. minimise as many risks. Uh, you know, he, he doesn't have to take the risk of, uh, of playing Adam Ollerlutman. He can, he can play a more experienced Morgan Schneiderlin instead instead of Tom Davies. You know, and mm-hmm. as as he's been doing that, it's fully come round. I think it's bit him on the arse really because mm-hmm. you know these yeah. experienced players aren't giving him the the results or the performances that he's after. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just is he that stubborn that he's not going to. To take that responsibility upon himself and say, you know, okay, then this is what you need to do, or go on then prove your point. Yeah. yeah. See, that's the thing. From when he gives gives interviews, it's like he's just saying they're not showing enough. Mm. Well, let's be more specific. You know, yeah, if I'm and- a player, show more in practice. More what? I'm yeah. running my ass off. What specifically? Tell me what I need to do. You know, if it's a striker, is the hold does the hold up play need to be better? If it's Clausen, is it physicality? You know, if he's not fast enough for the league, if he's not physical enough for the league, put him in the gym a lot. And I know those players are in there all the time, but still, be specific. It feels like there's just too much of a divide between kind of play and staff and and the management. And, of course, we don't know because we're not there every day. It might not be like that. But, you know, it was like the the Barkley situation. He was saying, well, I don't know what Ross is thinking. And... I, I, I remember said Sam. I was like, "Well, you, you see him every day in the same place every day. Just walk up to him and ask him what he's thinking. Pulling to one side, and yep. you know, equally, it's like they go in there, they train, they talk strictly tactics, and then they all go their separate ways. Like, why aren't why aren't these players just saying to the manager, listen, blah 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 blah? I want this. Can you show me what you want me to do to get on the pitch, and I'll do it for you. Everything that seems to still be through." Maybe it's just modern football. Every conversation is always between agents. You know, it's like it's always going to be a triangle kind of conversation. You know, like Sam saying that he had six agents calling him, telling him that they want to go out on loan. Mm -hmm. Like, maybe that's a culture now. Maybe the players don't talk to the manager. But Mm -hmm. that's what they should be doing. I don't don't think it's hard. Just go back to basics, speak to the man and say, what can I do? Right, you want me to do X, Y and Z? I'll do X, Y and Z. Give me a shot on the pitch. And then there's your chance. And if you don't take it, then you've got you're gonna to have to accept that you're rotten on the bench, but you know you've got they've they've got to grasp this themselves as well. They can't just be waiting and waiting and waiting and hoping that they eventually get a shot. I think a lot of this goes back to the fact that Sam is arrogant. He's flat out mm-hmm. arrogant, and he's older, so he thinks he knows it all. We talked about yeah. this last recording session. He he doesn't learn because he doesn't think he has anything to learn. Mm-hmm. He thinks he's seen it all, and his assistants have seen it all, and so there's no. So when I, I honestly, if I'm going to be honest, I think if a if a young player who has not been getting a sniff comes to him, I think he sees it as an annoyance. Yeah, like you 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 need to wait your turn. This is a, this is football and all that kind like, of stuff. You haven't yeah. showed me anything. Why are you at my door? Mm. You know, should be shown yeah, that kind of stuff. Yeah, and that's just not a man manager. But what's funny is a lot of people, some of the players say he's he's much more approachable than Kuman was. Yeah. He's much more personable. And this is the thing, you know, we talk, don't we? But at the end of the day, we don't have a clue and we could be mm-hmm. saying something that's completely wrong and we do be, accept you might, that. You might, you so might be right. I'm not saying 
just how it should be. You know, we we we. I don't know that you two don't know. We we don't know anyone in there at the moment. But yeah, I just think um, I don't know. It's just from the outside looking at it, it seems very simple. Just go knock on his door. Say you know say. I mean, but this week especially. Just, I'd say we just got B5 on there, embarrassed, terrible performance. Mm. I believe I can do better than some of those players on the pitch. Give me a shot. But for me, that just seems so obvious. But then maybe those conversations are happening and we just don't find out. Yeah. Well, David, i got to be honest. I do know what's going on. Uh, I've got a friend at Finch mm-hmm. Farm who waters the plants. <laughs> Jerry, you lost us when you said I've got a friend. <laughs> no one friend. would believe that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be crying myself to sleep tonight. Gary, Yeah, outside this room, it's uh, my family, yeah, yeah. if they'll be around me. So, <laughs> predictions. Uh, yeah, you guys go first because I think I, I don't want to feel silly saying mine before you. Oh, you want to finish on a positive? Yes, let's say that, David. 2-0 the Blues. Come on. Hey. I'm going for a third consecutive 1-1. One, one. And I'm, I, I've am i written it down. 2-0. Two 2-0 nil. Two nil win. Yeah. I was, uh, yeah. I was worried when you were both th- saying how much of a struggle it might be. I thought I would be the only one picking a, a more than one goal win. But, hey, mm-hmm. now I don't feel lonely in my optimism. Uh, so, so, guys, uh, yeah. I guess that's that's it. Any any parting comments about this one? Please play well. Yeah. Please play Particularly to win. After that game. You know, I I just I just want to see Sam try to win it. I think he will. I think he will this yeah. time. Yeah. You know. Guys, one of the other big things that happened this week was uh, Funes Mori played uh, for the U23s. He played one half, 45 minutes against Arsenal in a 4-0 loss. Uh, While he was in, uh, Arsenal scored two of those goals. Uh, I have uh, not heard any reports about him playing well or not so well, uh, just that they scored two goals when he was in. So... Uh, as in David, when, when you said off camera, it sounds like he was probably pretty. Uh, it was a pretty innocuous performance, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Usually, if, usually people are going to comment if it's one way or the other. Maybe he was just meh. Shrugworthy mm-hmm. is something you hear when people talk about film. If it's meh, so uh, mm-hmm. so guys, uh, if Funis Mori's back, and be bear, bear in mind, he may watch this video. Just that saying. is a possibility. It actually is a possibility, isn't it? So, like, right? our stuff. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, what is our... Uh, my main question was, what is our preferred uh, centre-back pairing? If we've got Holgate, Keane, Williams, Jags, Mangala, and Funis Mori available and fit. Um, but, I mean, if we're talking about Funis Mori, we're talking about an, ath- an athlete when it comes to uh, leaping ability. Uh, he's tall and he can and he can jump. So on headers, he's great, um, and he likes to take the ball forward like Mangala does. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think he takes some excessive chances and he tends to make a brain fart or two 
when he's in the back playing the ball out. Yeah. I don't know if I, I don't know if y'all say that over there, so yeah. We will now. Rain wind. <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah, but uh that's what we're I, I don't know. A lot of people romanticize Phoenix Mori about how he's gonna slot in and, and, and start. What do you guys think? I think he's done well comparing him to Mangala there, Jerry really, because I, ge- I genuinely do feel like, you know, if he was up to full ma- match fitness, then that Mangala transfer might not have even happened. Um, I, again, he, ca- he can be really hit and miss, but given how defensively error-prone we've been, I yeah. feel like it's probably, it probably is in our best interest to when he is fully fit to put him in, put him in the side. In regards to who we're playing with, um, I'd probably be more inclined to say Holgate because I just feel like the more game time Holgate gets, the better, um, and the more like the variety of partner that he's paired with could benefit him in in the long run, particularly if you know because I do feel like centre half is going to be a position that we invest in in the summer as well. Mm. Um, given the age of the likes of Ashley Williams and, uh, and Phil Jagielka, so in my opinion, yes, there, there is still a you know there, there is a possibility that bringing him straight back into the side could mess about with our consistency even more, and you know could could lead to us shipping more goals. But given how bad it's been this season, uh, it wouldn't surprise me that he came in. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I am looking forward to him coming back. I think, to, to answer your original question, Jerry, if everyone's fit and available, there probably is an argument that he doesn't start. But that doesn't mean that's not open for change because I think nobody in, in that team at the moment, especially in defence, warrants a start. Um, I think everyone's too inconsistent. I think... The, the, the starting positions are up for grabs for any one of those centre-backs. So if he was to come in and you know hit the ground running straight away, I think he could keep his place. Um, I think he's good enough to as well. I know, he, he, I agree, he has got a mistake in him, but I think he's he, he is a little bit underrated. Sometimes a lot of people kind of think of his negative aspects and just forget that he is quite an all-around good defender. He's, he's great in the tackle, he is good in the air. He can't which is one thing I think we lack. He, he can pass the ball quite well. Um, his distribution, you know, he, he's calm on the ball, and maybe that's where the, the odd mistake does come in. Um, but I think if he comes in at the ground running, yeah, he could definitely be a starter. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I mean, we are talking about a player that, when he was healthy, was starting for Argentina um, mm. with Otamendi. Uh, uh, it, it's his it's it's his mistakes at, at strange inopportune times that are the most maddening because I think he has good distribution as well. I've read on a lot of forums where people think his distribution is a problem, that his passing is not sound, and I think when he's when he's given the ball away for for you know with his passes, it's been more due to brain lapses rather than poor form. Uh, so that's think, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. And I didn't mean to cut you off there. I'm thinking out loud. I was going to say, I think he's one of our best ball-playing centre-backs, actually. Um, I agree. I think it is just lapses of concentration more than his ability. But go on, sorry. 
Yeah, I mean, I, 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 the more I think about it, Mangala and he are similar players. Mm-hmm. You know, they both are pretty good on the ball. Mangala looked good on the ball last week, you know. So, in uh, both left-footed, uh, both not afraid to take the ball forward. Um, both can, can pass pretty well. I, I honestly, I think they're similar, um, and both are prone to mistakes. And that's what City fans say, anyway, about Mangala. Uh, so right now, if I'm going to start somebody, I, I usually throw Holgate in there right now. Um, at the beginning of the season, I would have said Keane is the only one I would throw in there. But I think, as we've discussed, he was so used to that Burnley system um, mm. that they that he it's going to take him a little while to kind of develop more with, with our people and with what whatever mm. we have going on. Because I, I can't even say we have a system right now. Mm. You know what I mean? Because we don't really... So uh, Holgate's the one that's in, and for me, I would start. I would I would go with uh, Mangala right now. Maybe it's because I haven't seen him mess up enough. Yeah, he hasn't let you down enough. Yeah, you know, and that mm-hmm. may be really naive of me. If I'd have watched City over the years, maybe I would be saying uh, Keen. You know, mm-hmm. maybe, but we've seen Keen mess up recently. So everybody's messed up. Every single one of these players has a problem. I think Holgate yeah. has messed up the least. You know, he's given away a valuable, uh, a really bad uh, PK earlier in the season. (laughs) (laughs) Was that against Lyon? But that was just, it was a bad one that cost us the game. Um, Young, he's going to make mistakes, but he's he's so confident. And I would almost say arrogant on the ball uh, Mm. in the back, but in a good way. So, so yeah, I would I would definitely start Holgate, but the others, the left sided, I don't know. But now we have some some people that are left footed. We're gonna have two possible left foot left sided center backs. So that's new. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, I, if Edward were on here, he would flat out be saying Funes Mori should start. Edward mm. loves Funes Mori. Loves him. Anything else on Funes Mori besides the fact that uh, I'm still unsure about that samurai thing he's got going on right now? <laughs> oh, he just needs to get him to show up back inside, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah I don't know. I, I'm glad he's getting healthy, and if for some reason he doesn't work out for us, at least he can be healthy enough to get a move somewhere else. You know, you always want somebody to not be. Got a year out sucks. From experience, I can tell you it sucks. Yeah, well, he's got a World Cup coming up as well. You, you want him to be a part of that. Yeah. And right now, since he hasn't played for so long, gosh. Yeah, that's probably a big motivating factor for him right now to get in our side. Because he ain't going anywhere else. Yeah. So, yeah. You expect to see a lot of hard work. That's, that's questionable motivation, but I don't care. <laughs> motivation, motivation, end of the day, isn't it? Yes, it is. All right, guys. Uh, yeah, I guess that's, that's it on Funes Mori. Uh, Ramiro, mm-hmm. we're glad you're back. Now uh, get in and head a bunch of goals in. And don't do anything silly. I've right. got one of those three kicks. I don't know if you saw his, his record at River Plate, but I think there's a YouTube confirmation out there. He I've can, seen he it. Can ball. He's mm. left foot. Left foot. He's kids yeah. some crazy curving balls. In. But whenever he yeah. cracks one from deep, for like in our games, no, I, <laughs> it's straight I, up. He let the bucket ducking. All right, so that's it for our Funes Mori video.
And now we're going to uh, take it away from the football, which is kind of what we wanted to do ever since this past Saturday. Take it far away from the football. Uh, we, we usually, when we do a non-football-based segment, it's been movies or TV. This time, we're going to go in a slightly different direction and discuss music. And we're going to talk about what what we've been listening to lately. All right? It could be uh, an artist, an album, a type of music, you know, whatever you're listening to. Okay? So, who wants to lead this one off? David, drop the bombshell. I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm interested. I want to I wanna hear your tastes. Um, yeah, so... It's difficult for me. I feel like once upon a time, before the um, before the streaming world, I feel like this would be frowned upon, but I'd like to think not so much anymore. But I feel like I've developed into very much a not not so much album guy anymore as someone who just enjoys good songs. I think the likes of Spotify has opened that world because you can just have your own playlists. So I think if I'm going to my all-time favourite band and album, it would be the Arctic Monkeys for me. Um, I've loved them since day one, still do. Made up the touring again this year. I think they, every album's been great, but I think nothing beats the first one. Uh, whether people say that's one or not. I just thought it was so raw and so fantastic. And I was only a young teenager at the time, but I still listen to the same songs now. I love it. I think the album, albums that they done following that were great. And... Because they've done, I think that it's about maybe four, five now. I've just enjoyed the kind of evolution of their music from. Because people say they've changed, they've sold out. I don't think they have. I think when they first started writing music, you know, they were. You can't always write about standing at bus stops or getting taxis home from Sheffield, can you? At the end of the day, you, when you're a multi-millionaire living in LA, your music is going to evolve, and I think that's what it's done. But it's still fantastic. I'm looking forward to the new album. But ironically, I am very much just kind of I don't have a genre. I just like good music. So my my playlist can vary from I've got Erasure in there. Um, anyone know Erasure? No. A little respect. No, it's uh, okay. Look it up. Great song. Hold on. How uh, do you how do you spell that? So it's hold on. Give me two seconds. I'll bring it up now. Uh, e R A S U R E. Oh, Erasure. Oh, I thought you were saying like Eurasia. I was like, no, I was like, no, is I that was, a was Europe and Asia got together? <laughs> no, but then I'll have like uh, Oasis. I'll have Die Straits. Um, I have the Lightning Seeds. Um, Aztec Camera. That the, the lot. I just I find a lot of eighties, nineties is really my my kind of go-to music um, and I love acoustic sets so I, I love any song that's kind of been acoustically covered is just fantastic for me it inspired me to learn the ukulele <laughs> nice yeah that is brilliant. that is a deep cut of information that listeners just yeah. got about David that's awesome yeah. I didn't know that like song, unless you want Three Beards by Bob Marley or something to that <laughs> but, yeah. I would take it I can't play three birds, three little birds. Well, that's you all, know? Yeah, that's all you be getting, Jerry. So, I hope <laughs> you'll so yeah, I'm just a mixed bag anyway, and mainly, you know, eighties, nineties stuff is where where my art are. All right, Max, Ooh. 
I don't know. I feel like there's a bit of pressure on me, you know, me being the teenager. Yeah, go on. Let's see. I don't know if I'm supposed to keep up with like kind of like the modern teenage traditions, <laughs> but like my 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 music taste is literally, you know, it's all over the gaff. To be honest, I'm a huge fan of the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh yeah. I think, uh, I think Californication is probably, if not the greatest album ever. Um, cool. I'm a big fan of Pink Floyd, which Pink Floyd. again, it's just something that I just I don't. I don't, I'm not um, I'm not usual to be honest. Um, I, obviously, the the kind of like the indie kind of trendsetters from you know way back. But then again, I'm a big fan of rap. In that, I love storytelling. So like, I've, I'm a, I've always I've always been a huge Eminem fan. Um, and I, I kind of went through a period when I went went off rap because I think I know, to be honest, it, it's not it's not rocket science or like. The content of it just became shit, really. <laughs> but it, I've, I, I, I've listened a lot. The last concert I went to was J. Cole at the Manchester Arena. Um, the likes of J. Cole and Kendrick Lamar, they're, they're fucking absolutely fantastic storytellers. When you mm. listen to the albums like 2014, Forest Hills, uh, Damn, um, For Your Eyes Only, which is J. Cole's latest album, mm. I just think in terms of storytelling, they're such compelling individuals to listen to because they clearly have a message to get across and yeah, i think something that really that draws me to rap and hip-hop albums in general um logic is someone else who uh, i listen to quite a bit as well um oh man i'm so old i don't even know who logic is i know but in that sense um that's why i mean i'm, I'm all over the place whereas i, I do I, I listen i do listen to quite some of these modern people but i'm picky so don't don't take that as me being yeah. a new kid on the block almost, and I'm very picky of, of who I listen to. Yeah. Um, David, you mean you don't know who Logic is? Come on! <laughs> no, is, I, 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 I totally know who that is. I'm really close to turning forty, and, and, and no, I don't know who that is. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, it, it's just it's strange, really. You, 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 to be honest, I'm one of those type of people that you've got to ask me questions about my music taste because I'm just one of them. If my brain likes it, my brain likes it. I yeah. can't really explain to you why. It's just one of them. If it ticks boxes for me, then I'll listen to it. I, I feel like the, this day and age is not about genres, is it? I don't. I don't feel like anybody particularly says I like this music and this only. I think yeah. it's just what's good music. Yeah, I know. Because like, yeah, like you were saying before. Like there's some some music that you just like Rolling Stones. Uh, I listen to occasionally. Yeah. Um, Chuck Berry. <laughs> you know, there's nice. a, a lot of strange shit that you wouldn't expect from a 19 year old. I, yeah. Just uh, I like I like being versatile in my tastes. So. No, I'm I'm glad though. I mean, if it if you were just spouting out a bunch of top 20 Billboard greatest hits, yeah. you know, I. I find that at that point you're not really that unique. Mm. You know yeah. what I mean? So I'd rather you tell me, oh, you know what? I, I exclusively listen to opera. <laughs> 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 you know, it, that that's unique. Who? Not a lot of uh, kids are doing that. So if you're giving me something that, that uh, if, if I met a teenager on the street, if you're telling me the same things that they're telling me, I think that's a little bit of a problem because let's be honest, that's what usually what's on the radio, especially in America – yeah, yeah. I know. can't stand the radio to be honest with yeah. you. Yeah, radio's a dying, dying art, isn't it? Mm. But uh, 
I'm eager to see what you have to say, Jerry. What, what <laughs> way? Uh, it's I, I I totally identify with uh, with David when you were talking about people not really listening to a lot of albums. Um, mm. I know recently, you know, in, in America, when I don't know if y'all do this in England, but you know, my wife had a, a has had uh, our babies, and so one mm. of them she asked for a pushing present. It's one of the things you do for a lady when she has a baby is you give her a pushing present to kind of like, hey, congratulations, you had a baby. Here's something that for your oh. work, you know. And she asked for one of the old school iPods, you know, the ones that hold a just a hell of a lot of songs. <laughs> Yeah, and so we just took and put like pushed all of our music on there, all of our albums, and it's still not full. It's awesome. Not enough yeah. people have those old school iPods, but um, yeah. so but we haven't been listening to that lately. We've been listening to like Pandora. You know, we'll put Pandora on, and it'll mm-hmm. be just a certain channel for for various bands. Or we'll do that when we're hanging out in our house, we're getting the kids ready to go to school or something. We'll put it on, uh, you know, a Pandora station. It's- is Pandora like a music channel in, in America? It's, is it? it's like a radio station built around one band's like sound. So oh, it, okay. you, you could listen to the David Bowie station, and it would give you a bunch of artists that people associate that are similar oh, to David Bowie, that kind of thing. So yeah. you end up learning about a lot of artists that you didn't know about before. You know, see that that's the kind of thing where I feel like the likes of Spotify has done fantastically. The, the, you kind of go with a artist, and when you've gone through their set list, almost your playlist will continue mm-hmm. with relevant yeah. artists, yeah. and you will start picking up these that these new this new music that you may be into. And the playlists are fantastic; they just generate the playlists that they think. Obviously, you must have the data in place. So, you know, if well, X amount of people listen to this song, and they also listen to this one, so we'll put that one in this playlist as well. Yeah, and then. Uh, I feel like it's completely revolutionising music. And Spotify don't pay us, by the way, so don't let anybody think yeah. that we're uh, <laughs> advertising here because we're really not. But I do think Spotify is fantastic. I really do. Uh, yeah, I, great. yeah, I also liked Spotify for a while. The only reason I went away from it, it was because it was taking up a lot of space, like app space in my mm. computer oh, yeah. or in my phone. And it would it would start up every time I start my computer. And I'm like, no, I don't want that right now. I'd have to keep closing it. <laughs> so, so yeah, yeah, that was my only beef with Spotify because I think it's like a better version of Pandora. It's more specific. I feel like mm-hmm. it's Spotify is more for music lovers. I, I really feel like that. Pandora is easy. Pandora, just yeah. pick a channel. There you go, you know. So, uh, but that's, we've been listening to a, a, a lot of Pandora. Uh, so uh, the cool thing is by listening to those channels, you mentioned the Red Hot Chili Peppers, uh, uh, Max. That's one of the only bands my five-year-old son can recognize just by listening to them. Yes. He can hear that, the that's music. A great, that's a great sign. That is a cracking sign. And I'm like, who is this, Bennett? And he's like, Red Hot Chili Peppers? You know, and I'm, <laughs> and I'm like, how did you know that? Do you know that because you saw their album cover on Pandora floating around? Or did you listen to the music? Or was it the, the guy singing? Or is it the fact that I asked you who it was? <laughs> and that's always your first guess, you know? Yeah. So, but so he, he claims it's because he hears the music, which is cool. Because sometimes if the Beatles are on, I want him to recognize the Beatles. Damn it. Mm, that uh, should uh, happen. <laughs> you know, our, my kids should know the fucking Beatles. That's something yeah. that should be the way. Um, yeah, the so, yeah. But, 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 yeah. but I mean, I, I know I have friends that are Beatles 
fans, and they are like hardcore. They know everything by heart. Mm-hmm. They know all the history of all the band members and everything. I don't know all that, so I can't say I'm like violently like this is my band or anything. You know? <laughs> um, yeah. I listen to a lot of different stuff. I know uh, when I was in high school, uh, I mean, I, I had just been listening to like really nothing, like whatever's on the radio. And then I got introduced to Led Zeppelin, which oh, yes. was an immense experience when you've never heard anything like it. When you've heard nothing but radio stuff and then someone plays you Led Zeppelin, it, yeah. is, it is a mind job. You know, <laughs> your brains leak out of your ear. My, my buddy got like Led Zeppelin 4 and that was the first album that I'd heard that was like hard rock album. And yeah, it was amazing. And so I, I yeah. still love almost everything by Led Zeppelin. That's true. But I wouldn't say that's my favorite band. You know, I love the Kinks. I think the Kinks are the shit. Oh, yeah. You know, that Village Green album, holy God. But that's really cliche to say because I only started really listening to the Kinks the past couple of years, you know, which yeah. is a shame. It is a tough. Yeah. <laughs> because I should, I want all their stuff. After hearing a couple of albums, I want everything. Mm. Yeah. They're just so mm. smart. That's such a smart band. Um, uh, what else? Uh, so, but I, going into the, the 90s later on in my high school, I started listening to a lot of alternative rock. So I listened to a lot of Nirvana. You know, you mentioned acoustic sets, David. Nirvana had that Unplugged album that they put, up, put uh, out uh, yeah. that it was with MTV. And uh, they play David Bowie's Man Who, Saved, Man, Man Who uh, Sold the World. And it mm. is so awesome. You know, and yeah. so that I went through a, you know, and I really like, this is not nearly as, would say it was a good band, but I like Cake. I like Beck. I like <laughs> a lot of this stuff that was big when I was, you know, a yeah. teenager and graduating to being a young adult. Um, but now I'd say it's, and I still listen to that kind of stuff, I like Beastie Boys. I love the Beastie Boys. Yeah, I love the Beastie Boys. You know, when I was when I was in when I was in elementary school, we would have like a a boombox and we put a cassette in illegally. So apologies to if I'm getting in trouble. But we take it. <laughs> we didn't even have blank tapes that we bought. We'd have like blank cassette tapes that had like training information for my dad because he was a <laughs> pharmaceutical rep. And we had to put a piece of tape over the holes in the top that would allow us to tape over that shit. <laughs> so we put that tape in to like the the top eight at eight or something, and Brass Monkey would come on and we record it. Yeah, you know what I mean. Or you got to fight for your right to party. would come on and we record it, and oh, that's, that's how that, I, that is an unbelievable tune. Like that is how I we got our Beastie Boys because my parents would not buy us that stuff. Yeah, you know I wanted a Run DMC album, Raising Hell. My parents wouldn't get it for me because it had the word Hell in the title. <laughs> Looking back on it, there is some cussing that I probably shouldn't have heard. Whatever, yeah. but still, you know. So, yeah. but Beastie Boys is still one of my one of my favorites. Um, but I started. Uh, one of my, I have a friend of mine, Brendan, who's a big music fan. Uh, like he, he, I mean, he's a hell of a guitar player, and a, a really amazing fiction writer. But he he started just pumping me all the indie music that he could find, every oh, yeah. different indie band that he could think of. Spoon is amazing. Beirut is amazing. Uh, gosh, uh, The Shins. Uh, yeah, um, they're, they're just good. It's really good stuff. Indie bands that, uh, that the first time I heard them, I don't like them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it, mm. it's like It's like a movie that's really tough to understand. First time yeah. you see it, you're like, I don't know about that. I don't get it. And then the second time, you're like, hold on. 
wait a minute, maybe. And then by by the like the third or fourth time, you are hooked, and there's nothing better. Yeah. You know, I mm. didn't realize there was music like that, and there is, and it's wonderful. I feel like British indie's a little bit different because I don't know how much kind of stuff went over to you, but like in the mid noughties like British indie, as they call it, it was quite big. But it was like bands yeah. like the Kooks and um, like Razorlight and. Um, and I've heard of it, none of those, by the way. Neither yeah, see that, that. Well, funny enough, the ones you were saying, I was like, I, I think I recognize one. And um, yeah, I just don't think the uh, obviously the the kind of made it across the other side of the of the water. <laughs> <laughs> Which they should though, because the stuff that I'm talking yeah. about, I feel like they tour Europe like all the time. A lot of these, um, and I'm sure the ones that you're talking about toured America. So we should yeah. probably figure this out. I mean, <laughs> you know, like, uh, but me and well, my maybe wa- they. Should- it's not our job to do. <laughs> it's their problem. <laughs> now, but, but me and me and the wife, you know, when we when we get a sitter, sometimes we'll go see a show. Like we got to go see Sigaros in Raleigh, and that was a in a oh my god, pouring rain, yeah. pouring cold rain. Did not care. It was mm-hmm. So good. You know, we yeah. saw Beach House. I don't know if you ever heard of them in Charlotte. Yeah, see, this is uh, a lot of this is. I, I can't believe you, you've you've li- you've heard some cigarettes before, guaranteed. Like they, okay. a lot of their stuff has been in like trailers for movies, and yeah, yeah. trust me, you've heard of this. Um, okay. Beach House is not really everywhere. There's some Beach House tracks on Master of None soundtrack. Have you ever saw Master of None on Netflix? Okay, do it. Aziz Ansari show, okay, different yeah. show, but just saying. So, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, but we we haven't gone to a, a, like a show in a while, you know, yeah. like a really good show in a long time. <laughs> the the band that we recently got into, and this is where I would say Everton supporters keep posting the bands you like on Twitter and on Facebook. Keep sharing that yeah. because somebody shared a performance of David Letterman by Future Islands. All right. And it was of that song, Waiting. Somebody shared that performance and I watched it. And now I I cannot stop listening to that band. Me and my (laughs) wife both. We listen to the Future Island Station. That's our new new thing right now. Somebody posted that on Twitter and you are wonderful. Just saying. (laughs) More people should do that. (laughs) I don't know why people don't do that as much, but they don't. It's a shame. Um, But yeah, I, I feel like, you know, it's funny, like, we all like different kinds of music. It's not like one of us is like, oh, I only listen to dubstep or mm-hmm. I only listen to ska. I feel like all three of us are kind of all over the yeah. place. Yeah. Which is kind of great. Because, I mean, I go through phases where I'm listening to, like, film music. Yeah, I'm like that as well. You know? I'm like that. Because, like, you can't... You, you get the music's often, like, attached to something mm-hmm. that, you know, you know, you know it from the film rather than the actual song or artist itself, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I tend to get like that. I get like that with walkout songs as well, you know, for like boxes and... I know it sounds weird, but just weird shit like that, you know, it just, it sticks in me head. Because it's attached to a, a memory, isn't it? So that's where the enjoyment almost comes from. Like there's times where I have heard a song at an event or just whatever and... You know, I haven't even enjoyed it. I haven't thought nothing of it. But then I've heard it again and being like, I just, yeah. it just like took me back to that place. And then suddenly it's one of my favorite songs ever. Um, and yeah, just that's the impact music has. Yeah, I have the uh, that Daft Punk Tron score. Oh, yeah. Okay, and 
driving I, when I was driving I, I first got it when I was in film school driving onto campus and there's like I don't know if it's it's one of those re, those tracks before is I, I don't even I see I don't even know the names of the tracks that's the thing but there's one song that just makes me made me feel I was like wow I'm not cool but right now I feel like it listen to it <laughs> when I'm driving onto campus and I'm just kind of nod my head to it I'm like ah right now I'm cool that's nice because it turns your <laughs> life into a movie that one yeah. little moment it turns you yeah yeah, it's, I a sound, it's a soundtrack to your life. I'm one of them people. Like, if I if I'm on my own, you know, say if, you know, if I'm if I'm out and about on my own, I'll never not have my earphones in. Mm. So pretty much in, in that sense, you know, music just becomes the soundtrack to my life. Yeah. So yeah, you know, my, my my main listening times in the car. I think it's just the easiest time, and you can just kind of drift away and. And you're not doing anything else. You can't be doing anything else. So you can just kind of listen and drive, and that's my big time. Yeah, I, lately yeah. I've been listening to a lot of podcasts when I'm driving. Um, mm-hmm. Some of it is for like research for what we're yeah. doing, but some of them are comedy podcasts. Some of them are film podcasts. But lately, when I'm listening to music, it's usually hanging around the house where I'm either reading and I need something with no lyrics, or I'm writing, and yeah. and that's when I usually get a lot of, or or if i'm just hanging out with the kids and they're playing they're you know we're playing soccer like in the den you mm. know no sorry we're playing football in the den i just <laughs> dropped a soccer bomb guys uh, but no <laughs> but pk going yeah that's right <laughs> shame uh, but but, but and that's where i'm getting i'm getting to hear a lot of this stuff that's where it's when i'm just kind of relaxed uh oh yeah and the other uh yeah Try being late for something or almost late and listening to Hans Zimmer's soundtrack or score, Hans Zimmer's score for uh, Dark Knight or for Inception, okay? Mm. And it this is the most stressful, holy shit kind of thing where <laughs> every light is important. Oh, my God, I've got to drive fast and I'm going to miss this light. This sucks. You know, and it's it's insane. <laughs> and then when you park the car and you got to run to wherever you're going, you still hear it in your head even though you're not listening to it yeah. anymore. Uh, yeah. It's just – it's funny the way you can manipulate, like, your thought mm. process. And I do like turning – driving driving or just walking around into a, a theatrical experience. Uh, <laughs> it's funny that I immediately move it to – Film, though, I associate it with movies rather than just it being a pure musical experience. Yeah. I don't know if yeah. that's something. I know people, they put an album on and they sit and listen to an album. That's all they do. Yeah. I've never been that guy. I think what I have learned from a lot of albums that is overlooked is the story that's behind them. So I think a lot of the time when you only listen to singles, you miss out on some major yeah. stories. There was this... There's this band in England that I, I severely doubt they would have made it to America because the mu- the music's very alternative and not that kind of good when you listen to it as singles. And they're called The Streets. Hmm. And um, they yeah. have an album called A Grand Don't Come For Free. And, and they, they had two songs on there that released the singles that were good on their own. But if you listen to the rest of it, it's it's really... It's just not that great, the music. Hmm. He's kind of a rapper slash talker, but when you listen to that album from start to finish, there's a story within it, and it it's one of the best albums. Probably, it's not take away like me love for the Arctic Monkeys and a few others. In terms of just an album, it's the best album I've ever listened to. I'd recommend it to you both. 
I actually, uh, I mean, you're talking about a concept album, essentially, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I really like that Deltron concept album that he did. Yeah. It's like with it's Del the Funky Homo Sapien, right? Who <laughs> who who, uh, who performs with Gorillas before? Oh mm. yeah, okay, yeah, big fan. Yeah. yeah, and Gorillas is another one. I got my kids recognizing Gorillas too. I yeah. love that. Yeah, actually, they <laughs> they sing lyrics from Clint, Clint Eastwood around the house, and I'm worried they're going to start <laughs> learning too many lyrics. So let's put it like that. <laughs> my 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 five year old going. Finally, someone let me out of my cage. <laughs> but that but that Deltron album is like from the year thirty thirty, and it's like telling you what the universe is like at that point, and it's yeah. it's crazy. And that's like the last thing people would expect that I would listen to because I'm some nearly forty year old with gray hair. But someone cooler than myself turned me on to it, so that's how it works. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so guys, uh, this has been a really good talk. I could actually continue this for a, a while longer, but I'm worried that if we do, uh, we, we won't have anything to talk about next time. Because uh, I'm hoping <laughs> to be able to talk about music again um, and kind of keep cycling through these. Uh, I want to know our favorite song, but we'll say that for the next one. Ah, very cool. Good. And by the way, I have not listened to nearly enough Arctic, Arctic Monkeys. Okay, I only know yeah. one song. All right, and yeah, that's it. Yeah. So yeah. give them a, give them a whirl. Honestly, they are fantastic. I mean, every time they come on, I my wife turns to my kids and go, "That's Leighton Baines Friends Band." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm psyched that my wife knows that first of all, <laughs> but yeah. but also the fact that that's the, but they're like one of their album covers looks like a naked lady in like silhouette or it's like the traced outline, yeah. and I'm like wanting to point at the screen, but not really. I'm like, eh. <laughs> just listen to it it's it's, it's good guys <laughs> yeah. so yeah but that's one I'll, I'll make sure I, I check out you guys have mentioned some good stuff I may have to go back and re-listen to this to, to check it out usually I test this kind of stuff on on YouTube actually you can find a lot of like entire albums on YouTube and some of them are legal yeah. those are the ones I listen to <laughs> uh, alright all right, guys. Well, I guess that's it for our uh, for our what are you listening to segment. We kind of branched that into who we are as musical people as well, <laughs> but I think that's fine. Um, so that uh, that wraps it up for uh, for that segment and and for the big show today. Uh, if you've been listening to via podcast, uh, thanks. You were the only people who got to hear that because we did not make a video of that one. So mm-hmm. lucky you. Uh, so anyway, lots so, of our nose going on in these in these clips here because no one's recording. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jerry's got no top on. Max has got his boxies down. <laughs> uh, see, that's the thing. Like I, I feel like I can't even tell you what I've got on below the waist. <laughs> if anything, uh, <laughs> pulling it, pulling a Lineker and doing it like you said in the boxers, yeah, that's. <laughs> uh, but uh, check, please uh, subscribe to the podcast. You know, the more we grow, uh, the more we can actually do this kind of stuff. Um, uh, also, if you're listening, if if you're if you are liking our videos, which you know some people are, subscribe to that and give us a like and a comment. Um, check out uh, the work these guys. Uh, are both doing. Uh, David's got some stuff on the Sportsman, but also on the Toffee Blues website, and Max's stuff is there as well on the Toffee Blues website. Uh, they're both they both put a lot of. They have insight, so check out their stuff. That would be great. Uh, also, just check out the Toffee Blues website. A lot of work goes into that, and there's some other writers on there. All right, uh, some good stuff. Uh, yeah, 
And I, and, oh yeah, check them out on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff. That's the Toffee Blues. You can check these guys out there too. But I mean, yeah. if you want to, I mean, do they want to? Do you guys have an Instagram account where you like post, you know, pictures of your food? Keep oh, it's private. <laughs> yeah, if you want, but it's not not very exciting. Instagram. I actually just like I'm any other boring person. You just you know post pictures of nights out or holidays. There's nothing very Everton or media related on there. So mine's not usually either. Mine's usually pictures of uh, my kids. Usually, yeah, uh, yeah. usually stuff with my family, and that's about it. I haven't mm. posted anything on Instagram for a while, though. I think I'm about to just do a, a total storm of family pics on there because I've been saving a bunch of them. So just bombard everybody with them. <laughs> yeah, and then people will start unfollowing me like like a, like a mad dog. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, oh You'll god. I think what they like is when I randomly post one after like four months, we're like, oh, I forgot Jerry was a thing. <laughs> I'm glad to know he's around still, but they don't want like a daily, you know. Yeah. Ugh. All right. Well, guys, uh, thanks a lot. Good stuff. We're going we're gonna to wrap this up. Uh, here's, to, here's to a better performance than last Saturday, uh, this Saturday. All right. And here's to me actually being able to find a way to watch it. Aye. Yeah. I hope so. I won't be watching it. What'd you say? If it's any consolation, I'm I'm a crew on Saturday. Uh, I'll be able to watch it either. I thought you were saying, hopefully Schneiderlin will be watching it. And I was like, <laughs> yes, indeed. That is so true. <laughs> uh, all right, we're going to end this. Bye-bye, everybody. Have a good weekend.